Hello, Sexy Sunday. It's the best day of the week because I get to share a convo with you about sex, relationships, and being the most free and confident version of yourself. I'm big on making my own rules and normalizing these kinds of conversations because I believe that the more we talk about it, the better sex we're all gonna have because we'll be more educated and hornier. We walk around and hardly broach this topic in our normal lives, but I'm trying to change that. This is storytelling that's entertaining as hell, that will leave you laughing and gasping, introducing ideas that'll change you and break you open to celebrating your sexy self. Come with a curious head and brave heart, and let's play. I'm Bonnie Weeks, and this is gonna be fun. Hello, sexy. It is so good to be back here with you. And while this podcast is new and many of the episodes that will be live and available here on the sexy Sunday podcast will be with guests. There are also going to be episodes where I just get to share my story with you. And in all the ways that I have shared my story uh, via text or video or podcast, I get a lot of questions and responses to my own process and my own journey of becoming and the ways that I've made decisions, different experiences I've had. And so this podcast is really going to continue to center around storytelling, storytelling by guests, but then also uh, devotionals from myself. So today then is that. And it's interesting because in the infancy of my podcast that this has grown from, Yoga Strong, it was the fourth episode in where I shared that my then husband and I were going to separate. And it's not something that I had to share. It's not something I need to share on Instagram or with my community at large there who wasn't a part of my normal everyday life, but is something like that affects the way you show up everywhere, <laughs> those, those sorts of relationships. And so it felt really important to me. It felt like a piece of transparency that was, that was honest, that was real, that, that would have an effect on everything in my life. And, and that is absolutely true. And that was episode number four. And it's been a bit now that was in October of 2019 that we decided to separate. And today as I step into this, this space in this new podcast and this new storytelling space today, I'm going to tell you about why I left my marriage. And there's a lot of people who ask me about when do I know when it's the time to leave? And it's a very subjective thing, meaning it is dependent on you yourself and your own decision-making process. And one person's story is not going to be another person's story. So I could give you all the reasons why I made the decision that I did, and it would have nothing to do with your life and what you need and what you want. And you have to figure out what that is for yourself. 
But today I am going to share my own personal journey of why I left my marriage. There's a lot of different pieces in this. And um, in order for this to not be, you know, 120 hours long at the moment, <laughs> slash 120 years long, we just keep talking about all the things right here. Um, I am, I, I'm going to start diving into this and we'll see where we get. And there will be more conversations to come as, as there's, there's other sorts of nuances here to explore and to pay devotion to. So two and a half years ago, just over two and a half years ago, um, my ex and I decided to separate and reeling this back feels important. So how were we together? We were married in 2004. And I, at the time we were both students at BYU in Provo, Utah, and we both grew up Mormon. Both of our parents are still Mormon. We have siblings that are still practicing members of the church. We have siblings who are also not practicing members of the church now. And we were born in that religion and brought up to really believe that, um, this relationship of, of husband and wife and children are really central to our experience here in, in this alive human state. <laughs> and, you know, I have three kids and being a mom now, and, um, I mean, it's a whole other sort of conversation about embracing motherhood as part of my identity and not trying to push it away. And, and that's like a whole other sort of story, but my oldest is 16 and the experience of, of, of watching people grow, watching people learn, watching and being witness and being a support system for that to happen has been so powerful. And so this idea that we are born with, that we're born into with this, this Mormon idea that this family was really central is important because I have these kids and kids are truth tellers. <laughs> kids are testers and kids will show you all the places you need to grow. And, you know, I, I think that the, the way of the human species, if we look at the animal species and how do we continue to be alive on this earth, we have to have some propelling, you know, like belief system. Maybe we have these brains. So we have belief systems we've built up. And so, you know, that's, that's how the story was told about perpetuating our existence. And it's really beautiful to be a parent. It's really fucking hard too. And it's both. <laughs> and I think it's always probably going to be both and it does change. So if you have young children, it does change. They're not, my children are not attached to me at this moment. And they're out in the other room. They're, they're playing board games together and they can do that. And it's so nice. So it does change. And then, and then they'll leave the house someday. And that will happen too. But I guess I give this backstory of like parenting and of family making, because that was really like such a crux of like the religious beliefs I was born into. And 
I think our belief systems around communities are really important and, and vital. Like it's vital for us to have the communities and, and the church was a beautiful community in that it provided a lot of people that thought very similarly. So I got married and I was, you know, just shy of 21 by a couple, a couple weeks. And I was pregnant a year later. And so this is part of the story of, of why I left my marriage, because this is the beginning part of why I even got to that marriage, how I even got there. And, you know, when your kids, I, I feel like it's, you think, well, at least in my head and I know other Mormon folks heads who, who grew up in that religion was, you know, you get to a certain age, perhaps you go on a mission for the church and you're going to go to school, you're going to graduate, you're going to get a job, you're going to get a house, you're going to have the kids. And like, those are the things you check off. So between the two of us, between my ex and I, we did those things. We got to the end of that and we did, we checked the boxes. And then we were still there. (laughs) And then it gets, you're in the grind. You're in the grind. You have little kids. You're wondering what the hell you've done. Cause like your babies, like your, your kids yourself, like your kids yourself. I'm, I mean, I look at, look at my 16 year old. I'm like, oh my gosh, that means that in like five years, he will be the age that I was when I got married. Five years is not very long. <laughs> and, um, in, in the Mormon belief system, you, when you get married, you are not just married for, for this life, but you are married forever throughout all eternity. And, you know, a study of, of the stars, a study of solar systems, a study of time and space, like you're married forever in that time. And so it's a really big fucking deal. If you're like, actually, I don't want to be married. So people will get divorced. And, um, like for example, um, for Mormon beliefs, I have, we have been divorced, but my ex and I are actually still sealed. So that's called sealed in the Mormon religion to be sealed together, not just married, but we're married and sealed for time and all eternity. So technically we're still sealed in the Mormon church, but if we don't believe the Mormon religion, then that's a thing, right? So here we are in this space and, um, we were kids and, you know, both him and I talked about later how we woke up the next morning and we're like, what have we done? Like, oh my gosh, like, I don't even know this person. And, you know, from the time that that we kissed to the time that we got married, it was five months. And really it's because you're told you can't have sex because if you have sex, then it's not good news for your soul. Um, that was a big sin. So really it's a bunch of young kids getting married because we're not taught about sex not talk about how to have safe, safe sex, not taught about consent and that sex is talked about as this beautiful thing 
and it's a way to bring a husband and a wife together and that it is for making children and that the woman's place is in the home with the children and the man has to carry that and provide for that. So that's kind of the story that is told and was told. And so that's what we believed. And that's what we did until we didn't. And it was over, you know, quite a bit of time that, that he really had questions about the truthfulness of, of the doctrine of different things of the church. And, you know, over years of conversation, of asking questions, of reading books, of, um, of history, like real, like true history. And it's tricky because in the Mormon church, um, there's this phrase that to not read anti-Mormon literature, like there is, there is nothing (laughs) you can't like, like, there's not a book that's like, Hey, I'm anti-Mormon literature. Like that's not, that's not how, how it works. (laughs) It's just a book and the church is so new and, um, because it is, you know, only a couple hundred years old, it's easy to find documents and journals and, um, accounts from people and a history of what it is happened. You know, what happened? It's not only the Catholic church. Right. But I think it's just, I think it's tricky because the, you know, there's, there's bristly spots in there. There's it, it's, it's clunky and that's okay because everything's a little clunky when it begins. And it's really, you know, who or what continues to refine their process or, or their system or whatever it is to help serve and and support the people that it's with. So over a period of time, we decided that the church wasn't for us and, you know, that can have like a a bigger conversation around Mormonism. There's so much about Mormonism and really he decided first and I had to take a good look at it and be like, okay, well, it was never a question to me of whether I choose him or the church. Like there was not an either, or like I, I was of course going to choose him. Like he was my husband and these were my kids. Like, like that was like a no brainer. And there are people that divorce their spouse because of a change in religious belief. There's families that disown family members for this. And that seemed ridiculous to me. Like, this is somebody that I cared about. This is somebody I loved it. Like that was, that was not part of like the options. And so I really started to think about it and be like, well, what do I believe? What do I believe here? And, and I share all this about Mormon, Mormon things. And, and if anybody you know, here's this, who is Mormon, like, and it gives you hope and, and you're compassionate towards others who might not believe the same thing. Like, great, do that. Like, I'm not out here to, to say not to like find the way that hope propels your life and propels you to be the best and biggest you that you want to be and extend that same privilege to others, regardless of their beliefs. So as I really then looked at this and 
really went to the roots of this family. So kind of that preface of, you know, this family being this central piece to the religion and to the belief system and to what happens after we die and who are we with and what kingdom do we live in and what God of which world are we or possibility and like all these things, right. For the doctrine. And I, as I really looked at that, I was like, you know what, actually, if there's a loving being out there, I got to be with who I love. I believe that if that is, if that person does accept it, there is like a, a being that is a God, like how I think about God is, is, is different now. But at that time I was like, if there is like a God in this way that I have been brought up to believe, then, then I'm going to be with the ones I love. That is, that's not going to be taken away from me. Like, and I just really went back to these, these root pieces and realized that it didn't matter if the church was part of my life or not, that it didn't own my spirituality and that I could take my spirituality wherever I want with, wanted with me. And so I did that and we left the church and I, I'm so, so grateful for the experiences I had in the church in the relief society. Like all these words do not have to make sense if you were not Mormon and, you know, with, with all the different experiences there, the people there, I am so grateful for, for that as my backstory. And I'm just laughing at backstories of my kids who draws a lot and has a backstory for the for the characters. I'm like, this is my backstory. This is a piece of my backstory. This is Mormon, Mormon culture. And, you know, when I meet other Exmos, meaning ex-Mormons, like there's an automatic drop-in of, of understanding a piece of culture. And anyway, so here we were in this space where we redefined what spirituality meant and we move forward and the kids are getting older and the kids are getting to a place where they're not attached to you at all the time, like all the time. And, you know, I have, we had three kids then and really navigating this change in religion, which, you know, like navigating religious change with children. That's like a whole other conversation as well. As we get to this, like why I left my marriage. So continuing forward, there are so many ways that we define and redefine ourselves through our lives. And man, I am certainly one of those people that has changed it lots of times. Yeah. So in redefining spirituality, and I think in that time too, I found the yoga community. I found the openness of the yoga community where anybody could come and where I was, there was this root of compassion and non-harm and, and ease and work and play and compassion and trust. And does the yoga community have its own set of like hard things and grievances that people can talk about? Sure. Everywhere there is that, but I found this other community during that time, which I'm so, so grateful for and, and, and happy to be a part of now. And I'm not out here to tell you that yoga is going to change the world either. I've already been part of a religion that has proselytized that their way is the only way. So I'm really conscious to, to say that that's not the only way. 
And, you know, here on this podcast, as I talk about sex, like, is sex the only way to help you find your biggest, best self or whatever? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not even saying that. Like, it's not even what this podcast is about, <laughs> but I think that in all of this process that, you know, this podcast is about finding what that is. And it is about the storytelling around sex. And the next piece of our story was, you know, that we were really talking about, especially as the kids got older and I volunteered at the school and the elementary school and, and my ex, he worked a lot. And, and it was, you know, there was some points in time there that he was working you know, 60 to 80 hour weeks. And I was alone a lot and being mom a lot. And I was really tired of being mom. <laughs> and it is, you know, that's its own reclamation again of, of embracing motherhood, but we didn't have very many crossovers. And there was a time then that we ended up opening our marriage. And so we redefined spirituality to mean that we weren't attached to the Mormon religion and we could do whatever other things and we could believe different things and be married and we could have conversations around those things. And being able to talk to my ex is one of my favorite things. It still remains that way. Still an amazing human. And I'm so grateful for him in my life. And, and it was just, you know, that's the thing we can do together, but in other ways, there wasn't a lot of crossovers and you know, some people are like, well, what's, I've had the question of like, what do I do? What do I do to strengthen my relationship with somebody? And I, one of the things is to do shit together, <laughs> do shit together that, that you like enjoy, learn things together, like teach each other things. Like there has to be points where you cross over, where you're not just like, you know, point A over here, point B over here. Like, where do those lines keep intersecting? Like find those intersecting points and like where you're, it's like truly in a space that both of you want to be. And for some that will be hard and for some that will be easy. And there wasn't a lot of crossover points for us. And it was a little bit around that time then that I had learned about the sex clubs in Portland from a friend. And so went right. Well, I didn't, well, at first I didn't just go, <laughs> I had heard about this and I told my ex, I was like, I would like to go to the sex club. And there was a little bit of terror on his part. And, um, you know, I think like there's a whole journey of like, uh, I'm, you know, cause we were like, we can just go get a drink there. And of course, like getting a drink is even a newer thing too, for, for us in this in that current stage of our lives and because we grew up not drinking or any of the things. So we'd only ever had sex with each other and that's all. And there's people who their whole lives do that. So perhaps you're listening and, and that's you, or that's your parents or your grandparents or whatever, like, great. And that was our story too. And we, I had heard about the sex club. So we went to the sex club and, you know, it was St. Patrick's day. So St. Patrick's day is, is our swing anniversary. <laughs> I like to call it. So we became swingers. And, um, 
swingers slash non-monogamous slash non-monogamish like slash whatever. I don't know. There's a lot of words that can be put on it. And there was some friends there and uh, we walked away having kissed people. And, you know, I'm not going to deep dive into all the stories that could be, again, uh, there's more there, but we walked away having kissed people and checked in during that time, like sex club and etiquette and how to like navigate that with a partner could be, you know, that's like a, a conversation to have. And like, what do you want? And how do you like navigate that? What is communication in this? Like, there's a lot of things. And one thing I say about this time, we were open. We had an open relationship and open marriage for a year and a half and holy hell, it is not for the faint of heart. It is, it requires a lot of communication, a lot of trust, a lot of honesty, um, a lot of navigation of your own emotions. It is an emotional thing. There's more emotional navigation than fucking. So that is good to know. And if somebody is interested in opening a relationship, the other is not like that, then it's not going to work. It has to be a decision that both people can make and both people want. And it is not a fix for a marriage that a marriage or a partnership, I'll put it as either, right. Um, that is looking like they might want to break up it is not going to be a fix for that. It will probably be the opposite because of what it requires of the people. And it doesn't like, you're, you know, <laughs> it's kind of funny thing. Cause we, we had kind of gotten to this place where we're like, where do we intersect? Where do we like come together and like do a thing? And we're like, Oh, we kind of came to this, we're like, this is what we do. We have sex with other people, but it wasn't with each other, right? We, we were doing it with other people, but we were navigating this experience together. And there are times we played and play is like the common term of like, and I mean, I just, I think I love the word play for lots of reasons. Like play is this lightheartedness. Like it's this, um, non-forced experience it's the easy. It's like, how do you find that place of, of ease to, um, so play like, and, and play as adults, you know, we're doing the shit, we're doing the things we're loading the dishwasher. We're organizing the house. We're vacuuming the car. We're getting the groceries. We're going to work. We're taking care of the kids, you know, all the things like, where do we play? And, you know, there's lots of places to play, but this happened to be one that we found together. And so it is a thing we're like, oh, this is what we do together. We navigate an open relationship and we have sex with other people. And sometimes we have sex with other people in the same bed. Sometimes we have sex with other people and it's another couple and we're in different rooms. Sometimes we have sex with other people in our house and are in different rooms and it's a sleepover. Sometimes we have sex with other people and that means it's a night away, an overnight or a weekend away or... Sometimes that means we go out on a double date, but we are with another person and that's our date and not the spouse. Um, like there's so many, there's so many ways, you know, to exist there. There's, you know, there's lots of ways to do the things and bottom line, you're going to make the rules. You could make the rules in an open relationship and in your partnership and in your marriage, what do you both want? And really coming together 
in an honest way and knowing that sometimes you don't know a thing until you try it. And that's where it can get a little bit tricky. So you're like, okay, we'll try this on. And then you have to come back out of that and be like, what did we think about that? And somebody will might be like, oh, hell no, that was terrible. Or like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. And if you both come back with those answers and you have to be real honest about it, be like, hell no, hell yes. Great. Where do we meet with this? And so that's where the navigation really begins. So we were in this space. We were in this space for a bit then for about a year and a half. And then at that year and a half markish, that's when we decided to separate. So why did I leave my marriage? Was it because then I had fucked other people besides just my husband and whatever? Was it what, right? And I think this feels like a, a big question. This feels like an important question. And, you know, I have people that say, is it, is it enough for me to just not want to be there anymore? Like, I don't want to do it anymore. And yeah, that, that could be enough. That could be enough. And you know, there's a lot of therapists and sexologists that I follow. And, and I think, Again, everybody's experience is so different, but I think really the thing is like, it's up to you to decide. And if you don't want to do it anymore, you do not have to do it anymore. And knowing that you're not stuck, knowing that you're free to move wherever you want is important to remember. I mean, picking up that, that freedom, <laughs> stick, right? There's two ends to that. So you're going to get the other end of like having to hold it, having to do the things to navigate that process, having to support yourself, having to help, help your kids navigate that all the things. Right. But, you know, the real honest answer here for me is like, I grew up in a home where my parents are, are still married and You know, I remember, I remember watching my dad try to grab my mom's ass. I remember my mom pushing his hand away. And one of the things that I really love is, is touch and touch from a lover and touch from a partner. And, and I think like finding different lovers that I responded to in different ways and you know, could this be a fear always of opening a marriage to be like, oh my gosh, there's other things out there besides this person. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Can you have an open marriage and, and still remain married and, and committed to that partnership? Yeah. Yeah, you can. But when people want different things, then you do something different. And we got to the place where my ex and I wanted different things. So could we have remained married and continue to explore and be open? Yes. But that is not what both of us wanted. We wanted to evolve in a different way. And we could not meet each other there. And so it was either going to be a work to stay together and to 
figure out how to reconnect honestly sexually because after so many partners like I mean <laughs> you could go and be you know a lover with somebody else and they like teach you something else about the way your body responds because of something that they do or you do something to them that's a more that's experimental you don't have like you know I didn't gosh like I think it was probably like over 10 years of marriage I guess married in 2004, divorced in the end of 2020, like separated in 19, but divorced in 2020. And yeah, I was probably 10 years into marriage before my ex ate my pussy. So <laughs> like, like the comfort level and the ability to talk about sex and to be able to explore that, to feel like that's something I could even broach with, with friends and like, how do you do this? And is this, is this okay? And what about this? And like, I think normalizing this and normalizing it amongst a lot of different friends, a lot of different types of people. And I don't know, it, it, it's different. It's different when you meet somebody. And I, I love actually being in my, I'm, I'm late thirties right now, but I love being this age and, and in this exploration and and having a home and my kids and, and having a direction that I'm heading and not being a college student doing this. There's something different about it right now. And something I really love, something that feels real damn sexy to me. And, you know, we got to this place where we wanted different things. And I guess Ooh, this feels, this feels like a lot to say out loud, but perhaps owning it is good, but I, I wasn't done. I wasn't done meeting people. I think it felt like a really powerful way to know people, to find this freedom where like, I can kiss my friends <laughs> and and go dancing at the club. That doesn't mean I actually have to have sex with anybody, but having an openness for, for that to continue, if I wanted it felt important to me. And he wanted something different. And both of us talked through a whole lot of what it could look like, of what we wanted. And in like the biggest, strongest, most amount of love. We knew it would be work to stay. And we knew that the decision to stay or go would have to be made by both of us. And not just by one of us, that it was going to be a duo decision. And that we were partners, regardless of the decision to stay married. If we could redefine spirituality, if we could redefine what marriage meant, that it's not just you're having sex with just your, your married partner, right? We could redefine what family and partnership meant too. And so we decided, we decided together and we went to a therapist and I remember the therapist being like, what is, what is my role here? And remember we said that, you know, to help us make a decision one way or the other. And 
you know, we went to four appointments and after that fourth one, we stood outside. We stood outside and we made the decision because we were in different places and we wanted different things. And that doesn't make either of us bad people. It just made us people. <laughs> it just made us people. And people who cared a whole lot about each other and continue to. And I just, it makes me emotional to think about the ways that I've been held or I've been able to hold him in this process and, and the way we've been able to navigate it and the respect that we hold for each other. There's no victim. And that was really an important piece for us is that there is no victim in this. There's no perpetrator and there's no victim, but that we both play a role in this decision and in this process and that we support the hell out of each other and trust each other. And that comes from years of doing that, of years of, of times that were not super easy. And sometimes that were really easy in times when we learned how to give head. <laughs> And so I left my marriage because I woke up, because I became a different person. And, and I didn't know the Bonnie who felt the freedom to see other people and look at them and not be afraid of myself or of them or of a relationship that could be possible. I learned of like my value outside of, of my children. <laughs> and could that be learned in other ways? Sure. And could sometimes children are a way that the people wake up and they're like, oh my gosh, here I am. Like, I, I, I must like be alive and am in the world. And, and, you know, I think there's, there's a piece of that that has grown for me, but it really was in the sexual exploration of myself. And I think that's an important note. It was in this sensual and sexual exploration of myself. It was me learning how to masturbate. I'd never masturbated before, like a couple of years before I divorced. Like I didn't, I didn't know how to do that. Like that wasn't a conversation. Um, and I, I just have, I just felt like there's so much more for me to explore. So much more for me to learn. And there is a way of connecting with people that felt really important. And, and that's where I wanted to be. That's where I wanted to be. And my ex was was ready to, to, to stop being open. He was ready to set it down. And it's like I said, it, it's, it can't be one person and then the other, like that's not how it works. It doesn't, 
at that, that's, that's a, a breaking thing. <laughs> One person, if you know, to keep doing it and the other person waiting and, and there's, there's hard pieces in this story. There's hard pieces of, of learning and of hurting and of healing both. Because that's what we do with each other. We, we hurt and we heal. That's what we do as humans. Because we sure as hell practice on each other. That's the only way we, we learn. But then we come together and we heal each other. It's both. And it's been both with my ex. And I'm so fucking grateful for him. And will be my, my whole life. He helped, he helped create the me that is. He's part of my backstory. <laughs> I needed him to get to this place. And this idea of one person being the person you're with your whole life as your one sexual partner, is that the truth? It can be, doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. I'll ask and answer my own questions here. I think sometimes I, I guess I, how do I want to say it? It took a long time for me to share about non-monogamy, long time, a couple of years. Because there's part of sharing a story that's not just the sharing of the story. Because I could share a story, right? And just be like, okay, here's my story. I don't know who the hell is going to listen to this. Hi, grandma, right? I have to be able to not only share my story, but also hold that space for a response to that story. I have to be ready to do that when I tell a story. And it took a while. And I think right now, you know, sharing this where like, I wanted to remain in an open relationship. I still wanted to meet other people. I still wanted to have sexual relations and have my ex in my life. I still wanted that. I still wanted to be there. I still wanted to play in that space. And he didn't, he was ready for me to turn around and, and be just there and to just be with one person. The emotional, let me just say, the emotional holding for yourself and others in this process, again, is a lot. It's a lot. And where he was in, in his work and family life and all the things, like his capacity to, to hold that, that's not where he wanted to direct his energy. He was doing other things. And I so get that, like right now at this current moment, it would be a lot to like jump into more non-monogamy and that's because I am holding a lot of other things now than I was then. And also I have no idea what the hell one month looks like or one year or what I'll decide to choose elsewhere. And I adore that openness that freedom to feel like I can move, but also I adore having these grounded relationships in my life. People who, who can navigate nuance and who love and trust with great compassion and great honesty, both like it has to be both. 
And so in my honoring of him and his process and his desire, I want him to be, I want him to be with somebody who wants to be with just him. Like if I love and care about him like that, I want him to have that. That is what I want him to have. Even if I love and care about him, and even if my kids are going to be devastated, oof, to hear about us separating, which they were, I want him to have that. And if I couldn't give it to him, I wanted somebody else to give it to him. And then he had the same feelings towards me. And that is love. And that changed my life. That kind of love has changed my life. Yeah. So I left my marriage. I loved my marriage of 16 years. And I have found this space that feels right to me where I have this partnership with my ex as a co-parent. He lives less than a mile away. He lives with his girlfriend and with our kids half the time and with, 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 you know, other family members of, of, his other partner and, or of his partner. And I, I love my life. I love the people that are in it. I love, I love all the weird sort of nuanced pieces. I love that I have people in my life that are like dear, dear friends that also we've maybe had sex at some point in time. And then I can show up. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just I love you as a human being. And that sex is this place of honor and acknowledgement and play and joy and sometimes weird <laughs> smells and awkwardness and not enough communication around a period <laughs> and yeast infection sometimes. <laughs> and um, navigating, telling people about about herpes and there's so many things, but I had, I have three kids and they know if I talk about sex, they know I post a sexy Sunday poetry prompt every, every week where I'm mostly naked in a picture and that I send out an email. They know that I have this podcast. They are stoked for me. And I'm that weird mom that talks about sex and they talk about that. And I'm okay with that because this isn't what I had. And my mom always says like, you know, I just, you know, I'll give you what I can give you and hopefully you can make it a little bit better. That's always what she said my whole life. And so maybe that's what I can give too. I will give what I can give and maybe they can add on to it, do it even better. <laughs> And if talking about sex allows them to find themselves and to realize, you know, I think for me with like, you had to marry the person that you were feeling horny about in order to take off your clothes with them. Like that's not the best way. And having experienced lots of different people 
there's a different energy with everybody. And, and honestly, in beautiful conversations that my ex and I have had, you know, he said as fairly recently, we were having a phone conversation and, um, I were just talking about some things and with the kids and, and it kind of turned to our relationship and, and, um, he's like, you know, in my, you know, the person that he's with right now and in, in really being with this person and reflecting on yours and my relationship. So on our relationship, it's like, I've realized that even in the times that we felt most connected or most passionate, we really weren't. And I can agree with him because now we've had other experiences. And you meet different people and you just drop right in and you're just there and you cannot look away. And that's not how, what it's like with everyone. And it might be like that in some way, but then not another with somebody else. And you need the experience of meeting different humans to know what it is. And especially as you change, like I'm not the same person I was when I was 20. Next year, I'll be 40. Oh my gosh. I guess I just feel really grateful for that honesty that still continues between him and I to be able to say things like that. And for us to know that we each can hold that, that we've built this, this, this base of, of honesty where that matters more to me than, than like second guessing if I want to hear that or not. I'm like, no, I do. Like, I want that honesty because that has been my experience too. And I was not devastated. There was not a deep devastation by either of us when we separated. And that sometimes is the case for some, but that was not us. I think during that time of non-monogamy, that year and a half where we were playing and experimenting with relationships in a lot of ways, there was a gradual unfolding. And while there was like a rather intense detangling, um, once we finally decided to do that, there was an unfolding that was already happening between us as we ourselves unfolded to ourselves and found what we each wanted. And I just want to celebrate that, that in this opening of a definition, opening of a marriage that him and I were able to have the space, we, we gave ourselves the opportunity to look at ourselves and say, what do I want? And when's the last time you asked yourself, what do you want? And truly asked it and truly answered it. And didn't answer it because somebody else out in the other room was going to want you to do something, but that you want it. And that we were able to sit with ourselves long enough and be honest with ourselves that the unfolding in ourselves taught us what we wanted. And we were able to bring that to the table. And I just want to celebrate that and celebrate that we were able to help each other get the thing that we wanted. And we wanted different things. And we were able to say like, oh, I see that. I see that and I love you. And because of that, we will choose this. So I left my marriage and I'm here now. And I am not a victim and I am not a perpetrator. 
my human being that is evolving and changing. And this is a storytelling podcast about sex and relationships and an intimate relationship with yourself. And I believe that it's that intimacy, that self-intimacy that is what is going to change the world. Do you know, do you know who this self is hand to heart? What does this self want? What does this self want? And yeah, there's like cultural shit that like impacts that in family and yes, and yes, and yes. And what's the question that you're afraid to ask yourself? Ask that question and let yourself be scared of the answer. I think it's that self-intimacy, this asking of questions, this being here. That's what makes you a bigger, bolder, braver human. It's that curiosity. The curiosity is the driver. Like, yeah, that's the play. It's hard as hell sometimes. <laughs> it really is. It is hard as hell. And it's play. And I would choose every single thing again. I would choose every single thing again to be this Bonnie, to be this person now. I would do it all the same. Where am I now? At the current moment, I have one lover. And friends, I kiss sometimes. <laughs> and those will be other stories for other days. And this is my story. This is the way that it's, these are some words around my story. We both know that, you know, a share like this could take, you know, 17 different tangents by now. So this is the beginning and wherever you're at in your process, I want to celebrate that because if you're somewhere in that process, you're human and you're fucking alive and you're asking questions and you're being brave enough to answer. And that is worth celebrating. And I want to be somebody that celebrates you. Your story is going to be different than mine. And it's not always going to be awesome or the best for you to have a relationship with your ex. Am I actually really terrible? But you also could. Maybe. And I think this story of divorce that my ex and I have been able to navigate to tell a different story where the story I feel like is so often that people hate each other. People can't speak to each other. And while that can be true, that is not our story. And so we also are here to redefine what divorce looks like, redefine what co-parenting looks like, redefine what family looks like. And this is what it can look like too. Like this can be a choice too. This conscious uncoupling, this can be it too. You get to make the rules. And I really believe that it's when you start to realize that you can make the rules, you get to choose. That's your freedom. That's when you start to stand taller. That's when you start to believe in yourself. 
We ask the questions, be brave enough to answer them and keep going. Wherever you are at in your process, in your process of your own relationships, of uncoupling, of uncoupling with riotous movement, of a slow uncoupling of living maybe with a spouse because you don't have the funds to separate at the moment. So you're just living together and making that amicable as possible. If you are living in fear, or if you are living with heavy ass questions, if you're scared, if you are deeply entrenched in awe at your partner, wherever it is that you are, I celebrate you. I celebrate you as a live human. Look at you fucking alive. <laughs> oh, fucking alive. That's that could be a, a double meaning here, but just real, just real. Damn it. I am having my hand. I hold my hand to my heart right now and, and just thank you. Thank you for listening to this part of my story. I had a good friend once tell me, this is, seems like a really simple phrase, but he said, only you will know when you are vulnerable. Only you will know when you are vulnerable. And sometimes we might look at people and think, oh, wow, they're like being really vulnerable right now. But some things like don't feel vulnerable anymore as we like progress on. And perhaps you have that where... I don't know, whatever it is. Like I even think about like talking about poop <laughs> when you talk about like kids and poop and babies and poop and like all the things like talking about kids and poop and kids and diarrhea, like great, like uh, fine. But if that's not your lived experience, I might feel uncomfortable. Right. And I think in this moment, as I, as you know, just shared these, some of these stories that I'm like, okay, this is, this is a new way of telling these. This is like a, a feels like a more honest way. This is, this is me being really honest with myself and with you. And that's what we're here for. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing your stories, whether it is in big ways or in small ways, or perhaps here with me coming soon. Mwah.